This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Today is Friday, November 19th. Coming up, KCUR's Kansas News Service takes a look at how corporations are tipping the scales against government transparency. Private businesses are getting more and more aggressive about trying to claw back more of their information out of the public record. And nearly 800 Missourians died from opioid overdoses in the first half of this year. Public health experts say the spread of the synthetic opioid fentanyl is behind the spike. But first, some headlines. The University of Missouri system will require faculty, staff, and student employees to be vaccinated against COVID-19 by January 18th. The resolution approved by the Board of Curators today says all campuses will follow the Biden administration's executive order for federal contractors. However, due to a separate executive order from Missouri Governor Mike Parson, there will be religious and medical exemptions to the policy. UM System President Moon Choi says the order left him with little choice, given the hundreds of millions of dollars in federal funding the system receives. In many ways, we feel compelled to comply with this. This issue is only brought up because of the federal executive order. The UM system joins the University of Kansas and other public colleges, which announced staff vaccine requirements earlier this semester. Rates of new COVID-19 cases are ramping up again in both Kansas and Missouri, including in the most vaccinated metro areas like Kansas City. KCUR's Alex Smith reports. New COVID infections are up 45% in Kansas and 39% in Missouri over the last two weeks, according to analysis by the New York Times. Those increases are even faster than the national average. The highest case rates are now primarily in rural areas with lower vaccination rates, but since the beginning of November, new cases have also picked up in the Kansas City metro area. According to the CDC, all of the metro's counties are back at the highest level of transmission risk, which means everyone should wear masks in public public indoor settings. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention are projecting a nearly 20% jump in overdose deaths in Missouri this year. Public health experts and law enforcement are both pointing to one major cause, the spread of the synthetic opioid fentanyl. KBIA's Sebastian Martinez Valdivia reports on what that looks like. Uh, if you can't tell, I'm uncomfortable. Oh. <laughs> it's a Tuesday night, and around 100 community members have gathered in the cafeteria of Hickman High School in Columbia. The audience is listening to Willie McCurry, who spent much of his life in and out of prison in St. Louis. McCurry has struggled with addiction, but he's been clean for a year. I appreciate everybody clapping for my year. But the main topic of the night for me is Norcan. And without that, I wouldn't have that 12 months. A year ago, he was in a transitional facility when he intentionally overdosed on fentanyl. He awoke to the captain of the facility on his chest in tears after administering naloxone, also known as Narcan, a medicine that reverses opioid overdoses. And when I saw him, that's actually what changed me. McCurry was nervous. It was his first time talking to a crowd this big. But after 24 years of dealing with substance abuse, he says it was important for him to share. And he's found audiences receptive. People tend to, to understand. Even, even those that haven't struggled with addiction, they still can feel the pain, you know. Naloxone is part of an approach to drug use known as harm reduction. The idea is if people are going to use drugs anyway, providing tools for them and others to do that more safely can help prevent deaths. 
In the past, opponents of harm reduction have equated it with enabling drug abuse, but there's been a significant cultural shift towards the strategy. The Columbia Police Department organized this event alongside the local health department in response to a rash of overdose deaths in the community. In the past four months, 14 Columbia residents have died from overdose, a majority connected with fentanyl. In addition to Narcan, the health department provides free test strips to allow people to test drugs for the presence of the synthetic opioid. Fentanyl is what brought Jim Haney out to the briefing. Haney organizes the local chapter of Narcotics Anonymous for families and friends of those struggling with or lost to substance abuse disorder. Every Wednesday night, he shows up to the local Methodist church to listen. You know, we don't give advice. We tend to just express ourselves and hopefully that'll help somebody else. Haney lost his son Scott three years ago to a fentanyl overdose. He says Scott had struggled with substance abuse for most of his life, but had finally gotten clean for 10 months before overdosing. Haney supports harm reduction strategies, including test strips, and says his son likely didn't know he was taking fentanyl. So what he probably thought he was buying heroin was nothing but straight fentanyl. They, they said it probably killed him instantly. That's a problem, as experts say fentanyl has progressively spread into new states. So there are more people encountering it for the first time, including in stimulants like cocaine and meth. Dr. Dan Ciccaroni studies drug use, including fentanyl, at the University of California, San Francisco. It's kind of the Wild West, you know. It's, it's, it's doing different things in different places. Ciccaroni has worked with the past two presidential administrations and says the adoption of harm reduction has grown. He says it took 20 years for mainstream adoption of naloxone, and he points to the much quicker uptake of test strips as a sign of change. The federal test strips have gone from underground literally five years ago to being on the FDA's hit list for, for promotion. It shows you that harm reduction is no longer a dirty phrase. Ciccaroni says the Biden administration has taken a progressive stance on harm reduction strategies, and he believes that approach will continue. Nevertheless, Ciccaroni and others say fentanyl is here to stay. And as the drug spreads, increasing awareness will only become more critical. I'm Sebastian Martinez Valdivia. Coming up, why Kansas is letting private companies redact public documents. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This is Kansas City Today. UMB Private Wealth Management, a division of UMB Bank, takes the time to understand your history, goals, and priorities. UMB tailors financial planning services and resources to help you accumulate, preserve, and protect your wealth for whatever life throws your way. It's all about establishing a customized plan for you so you can focus on the important parts of life, like spending time with family and friends, pursuing your passions, or building a career. Feel confident about your future at UMB Private Wealth Management. Everything we do starts with you. Learn more at umb.com slash wealth hyphen management. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Across the country, journalists are struggling to get public documents that involve private companies. Places like Kansas are even letting corporations black out public records. And that makes it harder to scrutinize government actions. Celia Yopis-Jepson of the Kansas News Service reports. I asked Kansas for some public records about the money it spends on prescription drugs for state employees. It didn't go very well. Here are the papers. 
how many prescriptions CVS processed for Kansas is blacked out, the dispensing fees that Kansas pays blacked out, the last four pages, just a sea of black. This is a publicly funded audit of $160 million in drug spending. Now, weirdly, Kansas didn't black out these documents. A private company did. Kansas let the auditor it hired, PillarRx, hide public information. Bernie Rhodes at law firm Lathrop GPM says that is not okay. When you feed from the public trough, the public is entitled to know what comes out the other end. PillarRx fed from the public trough. Kansas paid it $100,000, but PillarRx had promised CVS, the firm it was hired to watchdog, to keep details of its audit secret. So when I asked for the report, Kansas let PillarRx redact the pages. That's absurd. Rhodes leads a national team of lawyers that handle cases about the First Amendment, freedom of information, and he says it doesn't matter if PillarRx or Kansas signed non-disclosure agreements with CVS. Kansas has to follow its own open records law. It's absurd to claim that a non-disclosure agreement prevents them from complying with the Kansas Open Records Act. I've asked Governor Laura Kelly's office for an interview about this several times. No luck. But in a public meeting, one of the state's lawyers did defend how Kansas handled my open records request, while also kind of blaming Pillar RX for the whole situation. Here's that lawyer. I won't say I completely 100% agree with Pillar RX on what they view as a trade secret or proprietary and confidential. And yet state lawyers let Pillar RX black things out anyway. This is exactly why government transparency groups are sounding an alarm. They say governments are more interested in pleasing the private sector than doing their public duty. And not just in Kansas. Here is Amazon touting its new headquarters in Virginia. Today, more than 1,600 Amazonians are already in Arlington working at HQ2. Virginia didn't just promise big tax incentives. It also promised Amazon that if any citizens asked for public records involving the company, Virginia would black out as much of the documents as it could. Next, Oregon. Google uses a lot of water there to cool huge warehouses full of computer servers, and it wanted more water for more servers. The city of the Dalles was on board, but water supplies were limited, so residents had questions. In a recent public meeting, city officials wouldn't answer a big one. Um, did you actually tell us how much water Google is expecting to use? I, I did not. The Oregonian newspaper pressed to see city water records. The city refused. It had promised Google it would fight open records requests and told the Oregonian that Google's water use is a trade secret. This is not a Kansas problem. It's not an Oregon problem. It's an everywhere problem. Frank Lamonti is director of the Breckner Center for Freedom of Information in Florida. Private businesses are getting more and more aggressive about trying to claw back more of their information out of the public record. And plenty of governments are going with the flow, like Kansas inviting Pillar RX to redact the CVS audit. When you actually hand the document over and you invite people to use the black magic marker, they have every incentive to overuse it. So what now? If a city or state violates open records laws, they can lose in court. But Lamonti says cities and states aren't too worried about that. They figure lots of newsrooms today don't have the budget to haul them to court. For the Kansas News Service, I'm Celia Yopis-Chepson. 
The Kansas News Service reports on health, the many factors that influence it, and their connection to public policy. You can read more at ksnewsservice.org. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast was produced by Byron Love and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. You can read Sebastian's story on opioids and Celia's story on government redactions at kcur.org, where you can also find a live stream of Kansas City's NPR station. If you like our show, why not rate us or leave us a review? You can also call us at 816-235-8930 and leave a voicemail with your feedback. Monday, we'll take a look at how city council districts might be redrawn in Kansas City. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon.